0: You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell, and National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. Welcome into episode nine of the Godfather and Gorney podcast, the most amazing podcast on the internet. And I am Mike Farrell, the National Recruiting Director. For Rivals.com, joined by Adam Gorney, national recruiting analyst for Rivals.com. Our producer Dave Barry will not be chiming in today. Um, he's off, probably golfing or doing something fun while we sl- there. Go the ratings, yeah. While we go slave away on this thing, uh, he's going to do some post production for us to make it sound good. So I guess we'll we'll kick him some slack. But as we said last week, he's unfireable because we don't know what we're doing. So um, without him, we're lost regardless. So let's jump into it. Big news of yesterday, obviously, uh, was or, or Saturday, uh, depending on when you're listening, this, was obviously the Oklahoma loss to Iowa State, which is just devastating for Oklahoma fans because there's such a small margin of error in the Big 12. Um, you cannot afford to lose to Iowa State. I think it's the first time Iowa State's ever beaten a top three opponent on the road in the history of the program or something like that, I read. But just the defense absolutely letting them down. The the, the tackling was awful. The angles they took, uh, the scheme. And once again, an average quarterback uh, was made to look like Tom Brady. This happened against Baylor, and now it's happened against Iowa State, which shows how poor J.T. Barrett is as a passing quarterback because they handled him no problem. Uh, but I guess these other guys can just light up Oklahoma. So what did you think of the game?
1: Yeah, what was most surprising is, you know, you think that Iowa State is going to go in there and get lambasted, because I think it was the night before the game, Jacob Park, their, their starting quarterback, you know, uh, is out for medical reasons. He's taking, uh, you know, uh, some time away from the game. And so you think, Who knows what's going to, what the quarterback position is going to look like? And Oklahoma is going to be able to tee off on them. I don't know if they were kind of looking ahead to Texas, but even if they were looking ahead, they have the talent on that defense to, you know, have a bad first half and then come back and blow them out in the second half. But that didn't happen. A shocking, shocking loss. 31 point favorites, I think, and they lost at home. And, you know, that does question, you know, put some questions into your mind about how, good this defense is, or if it was just Iowa State's scheme that really just confused them all day, but completely shocked by that, and it really does kind of put them out of title contention, I would think, because as the committee would look at one-loss teams, uh, this is definitely by far the worst loss out of those one-loss teams.
0: it's one loss is bad, uh, obviously, unless you're Oklahoma in the Big 12. I mean, if TCU loses one game, they're probably going to be eliminated because they're not that marquee brand name like a Texas or Oklahoma in the big 12, uh, Oklahoma could survive one loss, but a, a loss to Iowa state when you're a 30 and a half point favorite, that's, that's a crushing blow. Now they're gonna, obviously going to have to run the table, um, you know, beat whoever in the big 12 championship game and, and hope that they can get in there, but it, it'll be interesting to see how far they drop that we're recording this before they come out with the rankings and, and all that good stuff. But, um, I think they've got a long climb ahead of them and the Big 12 is screwed. I mean, Oklahoma State was my pick. You know, they lost to TCU. Now, that doesn't look like a bad loss right now with TCU being ranked so high and taking care of West Virginia. Uh, Oklahoma was the other hope. We know Texas is sort of rebuilding um and and you know, pushing towards uh a year or two from from contention. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State were the big chance. Now, I don't think TCU can run the table as they'd have to um, to get in. So I think now we just went from talking last week that the PAC 12 was going to be the, the power five conference left out right now. It's looking very, very likely barring a TCU run that the big 12 could be left out.
1: The The question is, do two conferences get left out and you take really the best four teams in college football, which are from the big 10, the sec and the ACC uh, if, T- if TCU loses, if Washington State, you know, loses before they play Washington and then beats Washington, do you take a one-loss Big Twelve or Pac-12 team, or do you take, uh, you know, a one-loss SEC team? If Georgia goes to play Alabama in the SEC championship and loses close, or if Ohio State continues to surge, uh, it would be funny if Ohio State lost to the team that they would beat to go to the playoff two years in a row. Penn State last year. And, Ohio, and and Oklahoma this year. I don't know how... The, it's going to be interesting because uh, it's not going to be Oklahoma. It doesn't look like in the Big 12. It's not going to be USC. And then we'll see how Washington and Washington State play out in the Pac-12 uh, to see which four teams would make it. But it's still far too early to talk about playoffs. Yeah, stuff. but
0: you got to talk about it. And, and you know, the thing with it is is they're going to take the marquee program. I mean, I think I saw uh, after... Florida State beat Wake Forest a week ago. They were still getting uh, the most votes amongst others outside the top twenty-five, and they were when they were one and two. Um, it, you know, people don't pay attention; they don't watch. The voters just vote, you know, as they see fit, and they're going to pick the power program. We saw that, you know, with, when Ohio State got in last year, um, when a lot of people felt they didn't deserve it. Uh, we saw that when Baylor and TCU, we knew both were going to get screwed a couple years ago. So it does come down to yeah. Let's say Georgia runs a table and Alabama runs a table, and then Alabama beats Georgia. Do you take Georgia as that number two team in the SEC because that's a money maker, um, you know, and that's a, that's a prestige program, or do you you know go out on a limb and, and pop a TCU in there? It's it's one of those things where. TCU runs the table. I don't see there's any way that you could leave them out. But if they've got one loss, you've got a nice excuse to do so. And, again, as you mentioned, Ohio State beat Oklahoma straight up. Um, It it would be very interesting to see them lose to another team that they got picked to make the playoff. And that would happen. And we all know why it happened last year because it's Ohio State. You know, it's it's just Urban Meyer. I mean, you know, the big-name coaches – the big name programs are going to get, you know, what, what they want. So uh, moving on to the big 10 uh, quickly, uh, Michigan falls in the rivalry game. That was offenses is looking very, very poor. Um, you know, the defense that I tabbed as the number one defense in the country, they held up their end of the game a little bit. They gave up, the, they gave up the, up the two touchdowns, obviously, um, but when you when you hold a team to 14 points you're supposed to win a football game and you know the three interceptions and the the inability to run the football is just what what kills Michigan and i guess this is where we see the offense is what's going to stop Michigan from competing for a national championship
1: and that's the thing everybody kind of expected a low scoring game it, it's always a tough grinded out game with michigan state but the the offense has no explosion at all uh they had 102 rushing yards they averaged 2.6 yards a rush um you know the rain played a factor into into the second half but it stopped in the fourth quarter and they and they still couldn't move the ball it's not like they have a running game where they can have some explosive back you know break to the outside or run between the tackles they don't have a saquon barkley type back at all it's just they're on the field and not moving the ball, and and the defense is I thought played really really well. I mean, for them being on the field a lot, for them having to deal with the offense not doing anything all night long, Uh, you know, John O'Corn had a bunch of interceptions. I know Jim Harbaugh addressed that after the game, but it's not like the running attack is all that explosive. So, you know, with with Donovan Peoples Jones on the outside, with Dylan Crawford, with with a bunch of decent to very talented receivers. They just can't move the ball down the field and they have no explosive plays down the field. And, and everybody knows they're not going to throw it deep. So you know, they cram the box, they stopped the run and then Michigan punts.
0: And let's credit Michigan state four and one now two and oh, in the big 10 after such a horrible season last year, uh, that defense was very, very strong. Um, you know, they have a dual threat quarterback for the first time, I think under D'Antonio and, uh, they're, they're just a really hard-nosed, well-coached football team. And, you know, we knew this was going to be a low-scoring rivalry game. I think we talked about the under, which was 40, and they didn't even come close to it. Um, but, you know, kudos to Michigan State. Uh, they could have fallen off here because, remember, last year people were talking, including me, about how Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan are going to take over this division. And Michigan State was a beneficiary of uh, – you know, Brady Hoke at Michigan and the, you know, the pre urban Meyer years at Ohio state and uh, Penn state sanctions. And that Michigan state was sort of a a pretender that got into the playoff because everybody else was down. Well, they just went and beat Michigan at Michigan and they're four and one. And I think that's honestly, this is going to be great for the division because I think it's the strongest division in college football. Forget about the sec West. Um, And this makes it even stronger. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun football down the stretch here. We knew Michigan probably wasn't a playoff contender because of all the losses they had. Uh, We expected the defense to suffer because I think they lost 10 out of 11 starters or something like that. But, you know, we all know Don Brown's a genius. Now Jim Harbaugh needs to show that he's a genius and get that offense rolling because that offense is the problem. So let's move to... LSU rebounding versus Florida, and how bad are the Florida Gators? Because there's just absolutely no offensive power there. There hasn't been. Stephen Meyer Meyer was the coach, but LSU was just a a team coming off Troy. The AD's meeting with with that you know the, the the coordinators and the head coach, and they have players meetings and all this other stuff. LSU comes out and they're not the most impressive performance in the world. Florida just stunk.
1: That was the thing. And and honestly, so did LSU in many it was ways. It's such I a mean, horrible if, game to watch. If if they didn't implement that jet sweep, they would have had about fifty yards total offense. They just continued running jet sweep, jet sweep, jet sweep, and sometimes it worked, you know, and Florida had 108 passing yards in that game, which is just completely abysmal. Uh you know, Tyree Cleveland was out, but That's still no excuse. It it was just really a bad game to watch. And LSU-Florida is always one of those games that you want to watch. It's an exciting game. It's incredibly competitive. And it was just really a bad football game. And so, uh, you know, again, Jim McElwain is an offensive coach. He's supposed to have some guys that can do things. Florida has a ton of skill players and they just look like they just go out there and don't do a whole lot so yeah. um, and they are missing yeah, I, they're missing
0: a lot of guys obviously you know i mean we, we yeah, don't know are. what it would be be like if if what eight or nine guys weren't facing felony charges or whatever
1: but, um, <laughs> but LSU didn't do anything to convince me yesterday that they're in any way back or that they're SEC West competitors no out.
0: and the play calling again this reminded me a little bit of the the Tennessee uh Florida game where neither side wanted to, you know, call any downfield passing or or anything risky whatsoever. I mean, Danny Etling, after he showed how Danny Etling he is at the end of the half, they just completely neutered him. And, you know, it's just ugly. The only guy I saw out there that had any – I mean, Darius Geis runs with power and and anger, and he's a terrific running back. Malik Davis, the only guy I saw with any shake – Any shake whatsoever for Florida. And it's just bad. They're three and two now. Uh, Three and one the SEC, so they're still in okay shape there. But, um, you know, it's going to be Jim McElwain on the hot seat by the end of this season because I don't care if he won two divisions. I've been a defender of his because he won two division titles. Uh, Who knows? He could win a third one. But man, that offense stinks. And there's just absolutely no solution on the horizon for it and it's just so sad to see from the playmaking days when we were watching you were I think covering them at the time when when you saw the the Chris Rainey's of the world the Percy Harvins and Aaron Hernandez's and um just so much speed and and obviously Tebow and man they were fun to watch and now it's just abysmal
1: and I think that's you know out of Gainesville there is a lot of that kind of heat on McIlwain, and it sounds crazy because of the, you know, taking them to the two straight SEC championships, and, and exactly what do you expect from them? But uh, you know these are people that, and a school that remembers Steve Spurrier, and then remembers Urban Meyer coming in with the spread offense to the SEC and throwing it all over and scoring on everybody, and recruiting at a clip where he was in contention for all the top five star skill players. And so now that's just not the case and it's reflective on the field. And I don't know if McIlwain wants this kind of offense or if he just has to have this offense until he tries to get some guys, but, uh, it is awful. I mean, the, the defense again, very, very good. Um, but they kind of look like Michigan of the South down
0: there. Well, and again, a defense against a crappy offense, you know? So, I mean, it's not like they've played murderers row, um, the defense has looked good, but they've played Michigan, which has a crappy offense. They played Tennessee, which has a crappy offense. They played LSU, that has a crappy offense. So they're doing well against crappy teams. I guess I think Mondays are our days to do hot garbage, but we don't even have our hot garbage drop because Dave Barry's out at the beach or golfing or whatever. But this game was complete hot garbage. It was just hard to watch. Uh, it was. It, it was like the first three quarters of Tennessee, Florida, just hot garbage. So
1: it was kind of like the first three quarters of Tennessee,
0: UMass. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of hot garbage, we can move now to Florida state as they're one and three and they're in our hot garbage category this week. I think they made it last week as well. Um, So is it time for changes at the assistant coaching positions? The offensive line is again, horrible. I mean, they opened up some holes running the ball and, and they were better in giving Blackman time, but that being said, they're still not an overly impressive group Uh, and the defense has so much talent. I mean, I was watching the game with a buddy of mine who, you know, doesn't know much about recruiting or anything like that. And I'm like, see that guy there? Five-star. See that guy there? Five-star. See that guy there? Five-star out of high school. You know, and I'm talking about like guys like Josh Schwett and, and Derwin James and Tavares McFadden and, you know, all of these, uh, Thomas, I mean, all these five-star guys. And then they give up the long drive to Malik Rogier who struggled, you know, throughout the game, but really did a great job leading his team down there. And, and they made Braxton Berrios look like Julian Edelman. Um, we'll get to Miami in a second, but when is it time for Charles Kelly to go? Uh, when is it time for, for Trickett to maybe go? loyal to these guys.
1: Well, I you know, I think the offensive line is is the main is the main problem. Uh I think they actually held up better yesterday than they did against Wake Forest, uh which isn't much of much of credit, but they just can't score. They had 7 against Alabama, they had 21 against NC State, and they beat Wake Forest, but they with 26, but you know, that came in the last minute or so. So and then they lost yesterday with 20. So they just can't put points on the board. I don't know if that's a Blackman issue. Um, you know, Cam Akers did have 121 yards rushing, but they didn't score any rushing touchdowns. I think their receivers are really, really disappointing. I mean, Auden Tate had that late catch, but Nyquan Murray, who was supposed to be kind of a breakout star, only had 39 receiving yards. Keith Gavin only had 24. George Campbell, who was a former five-star, hasn't been doing anything. Their leading receiver yesterday was Ryan Izzo. So they can't throw the ball. Everybody knows it. They line up and they beat up on that offensive line. Um, you know, that's the problem. And, and and the secondary definitely was disappointing yesterday. Uh, like you said, Braxton Berrios made it seem like he was a future New England Patriots wide receiver. Uh, two other guys had more than 50 yards receiving. And Malik Rogier is hardly, you know, an elite, elite passer downfield. So, you know, I think, you know, people in, in Tallahassee are going to ask for changes one and three. And this really does speak to maybe how... Uh, special player DeAndre Francois and how much they're missing him because I think he could have masked a lot of these problems by either outscoring teams uh, or just being better than them
0: and um, you know I mean Blackman grew up a little bit in that game Um, you know he threw the, the go ahead touchdown pass with less than two minutes left and started getting a little bit more confidence, and he's got that whip arm, and I think he can be okay, but and they were better than Wake Forest. Wake Forest they gave up i think eighteen tackles for a loss, which is a record for Wake Forest and, and Wake Forest has been playing football since 1888 so that's how bad the offensive line was. They were better yesterday, but the the thing with it is the defensive scheme just seemed off, you know I mean it just doesn't yeah. seem right. I know you know they're they're positioning themselves for a field goal, but you know they're going to take a shot at the end zone. Yeah I know McFadden is an elite corner but why do you have him just out there solo why don't you have any safety rolled over to his side and again I'm not watching the the you know the 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 eye in the sky view of this and and being able to break down defensive schemes I'm watching what you guys are watching which is on TV but what I'm seeing is I'm seeing single coverage against a very mediocre wide receiver who doesn't catch the ball that often and he's big um you know, and, and, a, and a throw that was a back shoulder throw, so to speak. And he came down with it and got in the end zone. But there was nobody over there to help. Um, so I just don't know why you leave him on an island to lose the game when you know that if you hold them on that one play, they're going to have to try to kick a field goal to tie it and you can have a chance in overtime. That's the defensive frustration I think fans are feeling. Um, and again, one in three is unacceptable to Florida State. Now Jimbo is not going to get on any hot seat anytime soon, but um, this is an underachieving team. What he will have to do at the end of the season is get rid of some assistance. That's 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 the first step of being, you know, heading towards a hot seat.
1: Yeah, you made a good point last week. I think it was that when we were addressing the possible zero and six start, that that was kind of an out of left field kind of idea. But that if Jalen Hurts went down at Alabama or J T Barrett went down at Ohio State. You know, Florida State is supposed to be the elite of the elite and their quarterback went down and their team is folded to, you know, one and three now. And so, uh, you know, that wouldn't happen at Alabama or Ohio State, or at least we don't think it would. So um there are definitely problems to address, and, and I think Francois was kind of that mask that solved a lot of those problems. And now that he's gone, they're a little bit exposed because the defense, you know, they only gave up eighty-three yards rushing. I think the idea was let Malik Rogier try to beat our elite secondary and and he did
0: yeah i mean he was 19 of 44 so he was pretty horrible throughout the game itself but he threw three touchdown passes and uh you know he was effective here and there running the ball but but i'm gonna give jimbo fisher a little bit of credit here too because one of his quarterbacks punched a girl in the face and he was gone later see you later no joe mixon Uh, okay joe it's all right and joe's was much worse much much worse um no one-year suspension, and then we'll have you back. He just booted him. And then Malik Henry booted him. You know, I mean, I I like that. So, you you know, we're always whining about lack of discipline, Uh, at least, you know, I am. Uh, (laughs) And then a guy shows discipline, you know, to an extent. I mean, how much discipline is there really in college football and puts himself in a really bad quarterback situation where he's got one starter – who's been getting you know, destroyed all last season and gets hurt in the opener, and he's just got to turn to, to freshman backup. So, um, but it's been a rough week for Florida State fans, you know, losing fields on Friday. Justin Fields, the five-star year quarterback, going to Georgia. And then just seeing how bad this offense is, um, it makes you wonder when they're going to turn it around. And DJ Matthews is a guy I thought that they would impact immediately, who's a catch-and-run guy. You know, just get it to him in space, and he can make people miss and stuff, and, and he's been invisible too. So 1-3 Florida State, that's just bad. Now Miami is the king of Florida. There is no question now. Florida is is hot garbage. Uh, Florida State is hot garbage, and Miami is 4-0 undefeated in the ACC. And I think you're going to start to see a little shift. You've already seen it a little bit under Rick in recruiting as guys start to – Look more towards Miami as an option, and I think that's gonna be a big deal for them. So let's move to NC State as we're in the ACC are they legit? That was one of your upsets, wasn't it?
1: That was one of my upsets, and I don't even think it was much of an upset. I thought NC State was by far the better team on the field. That was the first time other than the South Carolina game here and there that uh, I really watched that game closely and and that defense is absolutely phenomenal gave Lamar Jackson problems all night. Bradley Chubb reminds me of, here's a comparison, get the drop for the comparison. I don't have a, uh, I don't have a drop. Oh, we don't have drops. No. Uh, Derek Barnett, he I is... I can do my own
0: drops, though. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: De- Derek Barnett, he is uh, all over the field, constantly active, a headache for every offensive lineman he deals with, gets into the backfield, hits people hard, tracks people to the sideline, all the things you want from your defensive ends and defensive linemen. He, he was phenomenal uh, you know, I I was surprised at how well NC State, NC State played and dominated, uh, Louisville, and then they moved the ball on offense. Ryan Finley's one of those guys that, uh, you know, isn't going to be on any Heisman list, but really runs an offense really well. They can run the ball well. They have big receivers on the outside that go up and moss some, you know, average Louisville (laughs) defensive backs, but, um, you know they are legit, and it's shocking that they lost to South Carolina, even though South Carolina had Debo Samuel then. Um, but this team could be six and zero, still five and one, very respectable. Uh, still some tough games ahead, uh, but they're going to be very interesting games now.
0: Well, that, that's why I say, are they real or are they a pretender? Because they do have some tough games. I mean, at Pitt isn't tough. Uh, Pitt burned a redshirt of their quarterback with one play left on their own 10-yard line in a game that they lost, which is – that's hot. That's hot, hot garbage. That's 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 the burning
1: garbage. That's (laughs) the
0: burning, hot, stinking garbage. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, honestly, just take a running back and Wildcat snap it. Take an offensive lineman, take a big, fat 330-pounder who's never going to play and let him just – Snap the ball to him and have him fall forward or eat. he could eat the football. I don't care. <laughs> Do not burn a red shirt because you'd ran out of quarterbacks and it's the last <laughs> play. It's the stupidest thing ever. And if I'm a Pitt fan, I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm starting to question everything now. But again, who cares? It's 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 Pitt and they're not a contender. But then you got Notre Dame and Clemson back yeah. to back. Uh, And then it gets a little easier after that BC Wake and UNC. So those two games, Notre Dame and Clemson, they win one of those two. NC State is going to make some noise. And it's good to see. You know, I mean, their defensive line is very, very strong, um, as you mentioned. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just one of those guys who likes to see things mixed up. I'm not a fan of any program. So it's like, let's have some teams emerge that, aren't expected to emerge and, and NC state has been one of those teams, one of those big surprises this year. It's fun to see, but let's move on to Penn state. Are they the number two team in the country? I'll let the Penn state grad answer.
1: No, uh, I think they're number three though. Um, I, you know, Alabama is, and Clemson, I think, and I said this last week, I think those are two college football powerhouses that are not to be touched anytime soon. Um, Uh, You know, Alabama didn't look phenomenal at Texas A&M last night, and Saban's talking about rat poison from the media and all whatever ridiculous thing he's saying. Um, But, you know, I think those, and and Clemson, honestly, didn't exactly blow out uh, uh, Wake Forest this weekend, and, you know, we'll see about Kelly Bryant's injury. Um, But, you know, Penn State, what I like about Penn State this year, and obviously, is last year they won a lot of games late. They had to come back. They had to, you know, pull the rabbit out of the hat. And this year they're going in, dominating in the first quarter. I think they're the only team in the country uh, that hasn't given up a point in the first quarter. So their focus is a lot different. They're a more mature team, so they could beat anybody on any given day. I still think, you know, if luck falls their way, they could beat an Alabama or a Clemson, but I still think Alabama and Clemson, are just superior um, because of their, you know, their defensive lines are just so phenomenally good.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, and Alabama, I think, is still the, the top team in the country. I mean, when you when you take a Deshaun Hand out and you put in Octavius Bugs, who's just an absolute freak, um, you know. You just like you just pluck somebody out, put somebody in who's just as good. Oh, this five-star number one player in the country is out, so let's put in this five-star number one JUCO player in the country and yeah. have him just destroy people. And the way they shuffle in those those defensive linemen, I mean, my gosh, um, you know, just Davis, and Payne, and 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 uh, uh, Fraser, and on and on. I mean, it's just like ridiculous how many. Big bodies yeah, there's no drop-off. There's no, no. drop-off at all. And they're all just great players, and, and they could be starting for any play. So Alabama's won. But I will make the argument, Penn State – and again, I was the one who felt Penn State would take a step back. Now, again, Penn State hasn't really you know, had a big marquee win, so maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But what I do see here is, like you said, this is a team that last year – remember after the Minnesota game, there was talk about, oh, they're struggling – after that game, they started playing with confidence. And when these guys play with confidence, when Barkley's playing with confidence, when Sorley's playing with confidence, when the defense starts to believe in themselves, they ha- have really just started to believe that they can't be beaten. And I think that's how they finished last year. And I think that's how they started this year. And I think, obviously, the Rosewell last year was a tremendous boost for them in the offseason to work harder. Um and the reason I say that they could be number two is the quarterback play. Um, McSorley is very effective. Let's put it that way. Whereas I still don't trust Kelly Bryant at Clemson. Um, so if I had to pick the team with the better quarterback, I would pick Penn State. So I could make an argument that they're number two right now. But it doesn't matter. Nobody cares about my vote and we don't get to vote on that s- stuff. So, But let's talk about Texas quarterbacks. Now, I, I'm going to brag a little bit about Kellan Mond, but... But Sam Ellinger, I mean, you want to talk about a coming out party against Kansas State. I mean, 380 uh, yards, two touchdowns, rush for 170 yards. They beat Kansas State, which is a team that always gives them just so much trouble. Double overtime win. This is like, okay, Sam, you're our quarterback. Uh, Shane, have a seat for a while. But Kellen Mond, you know, listen. It wasn't pretty, but for a true freshman to go against that Alabama defense, he might as well have been thrown against the Jacksonville Jaguars or some other freaking NFL defense to never lose his cool. Some of the escapability that he showed, uh, accuracy is improving week to week, threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown. You, before you get to Ellinger, you have to be starting to eat crow, Right.
1: I I always liked Kellen Mond. My oh, only question was, was his downfield throwing ability. Yeah. I always thought he was a great leader, a phenomenal runner. I thought his interception last night to Minka Fitzpatrick was bad. Um, but he, he is learning on the ropes, and that could have been ugly. I mean, Alabama, <clears throat> I thought, really came into that game wanting to really lay a big number on them and blow them out and make a statement and... You know, it was Alabama's defense against Kellen Mond, a freshman quarterback, deer in the headlights kind of thing, and and he absolutely held his own. And, and I, I think we, you know, you were right by yes. pushing him for five star. I was. I right. thought he, I thought he did really well in a in a very tough situation, um, and clearly the quarterback of the future. And we'll see. You know, obviously, freshman quarterbacks struggle in games like this. Next year is where you see the most improvement from freshman to sophomore year. And uh, that's when I'll really eat Crow if he does phenomenally well next year. But, you know, 237 yards passing, a touchdown and interception, I'm not ready to start ringing the bell just yet.
0: And a fumble. I mean, he fumbled as well. Yeah. Lost a fumble, uh, but he ran for a touchdown. The thing he reminded me of when I pushed for five stars was Deshaun Watson. Because he's Mm -hmm. so calm and cool. Nothing rattled him. That's how Deshaun was in high school. That's how Deshaun played his college career. Um, Deshaun was a more accurate passer out of high school. Uh, not as good a runner. Uh, Iman's not a dynamic, fast runner. Um, he had that long run that should have been a touchdown, obviously, that the official screwed up, I think, a week ago or a couple weeks ago. But Yeah, Arkansas, yeah. It's, it's not like he's Lamar Jackson out there. but the escapability is just so amazing because that offensive line really didn't give him a lot to work with at all. I mean, he was under duress the whole game. He was spinning and, and and wriggling out of pressure and um, you know, he could have taken, I mean, if that, let's put it this way. If that was, uh, if that was Jared Stidham, like we saw him against Clemson, that's 14 sacks. And that's not, that's not a bag on Stidham. That's not his game. Uh, but Mond seemed to know when to when to get out of trouble, where to get out of trouble, make positive yards out of nothing. Um, his passing was a little bit more accurate. Again, he's a freshman; he's going to make mistakes. But I thought he he showed well against the toughest test that he's going to have this year. Now, Kenny Hill was a freak five star when he trademarked his name at AM. Then he lost his job and transferred. Kyle Allen looked like a freak. Five star, at least for a couple games, until he ran into Alabama, and then he transferred. So we're not saying Kalamon's the future of A and M. He could be the future transfer of A and M. You, you just have no idea. But it looks like he's the guy, and he's going to make them pretty dangerous under a different coach.
1: Yeah, that's the real question, you know, is he he's going to have to be under a different coach, a different offensive coordinator. It's going to have to be a fit. He's going to have to work with new guys and that can work sometimes. I mean, Josh Rosen's working with his third offensive coordinator in his third year and he doesn't have any problems. But uh, you know, if if they bring in a different kind of system then then he might be in a little bit of trouble, but We'll see how that plays out coaching wise because <clears throat> that has to be a fit for the kind of way Mon plays. I think.
0: Yeah, but they'll play to his strengths. I mean, they just will, and he's going to get better. I mean, right now, I'm honestly surprised because I, I thought the five star ranking would be would see that in, thir- in year three. You know, I knew he'd have an opportunity to play this year a little bit. I didn't think he would be the starter against Alabama in week six, but. You know, just the way he's handled himself has been even a surprise to me. I knew he was calm, cool, and collected and all that stuff. But he's showing me everything that you want. Now, Ellinger, who hurt his knee, I think, twice in high school, uh, has lost nothing, uh, is a really gutsy, gutsy kid. I mean, you know, moxie is the word you use for a kid like that. And Texas fans have to be very, very excited about the future with him. Um you know, he put up massive numbers in high school, running the ball, throwing the ball. He could do it all. Uh, little sawed off. I mean, you and I obviously saw him in person yeah. a few times. But, man, he's just got a little bit of that, dare I say, Baker Mayfield in him, um, mm-hmm. where he's just going to will his team to victory. And if they, can, if they can get a little Baker Mayfield out of Ellinger moving forward, Texas is gonna be in really, really good shape. So
1: Yeah, he kinda of comes off as like uh the quarterback from varsity blues, right? I mean he's just like that Texas quarterback, kinda of has a mentality that he's gonna stick it to you. He's not gonna lose. I think his team is really rallying around him. He seems like a perfect Tom Herman fit. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, clearly he's gonna be the quarterback moving forward, which is a delicate balance because uh, you know, Shane Bichelle was there and and all that kind of stuff that's going to play into it but you have to go with ellinger here especially after last or you know beating kansas state the way that they did and it was just an impressive coming out party for him and so if i'm a texas fan i'm pretty excited
0: yeah i mean it's got to be on to the next i mean that's what you do on to the next and then if he gets hurt or regresses then you go back to the other guy the problem in this in this little uh, world that we live in now is hurt feelings and guys transferring out you know immediately upon the fact that there's any sort of uh, uh, obstacle to overcome, so we'll see, you know how how that plays out if they decide to do that, and on and on. But you got to be excited if you're a Texas fan for that, and Texas fans are obviously excited. Oklahoma lost to Iowa State, and Texas and Oklahoma fans are excited for the big game, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think Oklahoma is going to be pretty ticked off. Uh, does it matter now? I don't know, because that's such a bad loss, but. Should be a fun game to watch. At least more. I mean, I know Charlie Strong beat Oklahoma, but that doesn't count. I mean, there should be an asterisk next to that because Charlie Strong was such a bad coach at Texas; it was just bad. So, Brian Kelly does he deserve credit? Is is the question Adam Gourney's asking today? And and I think yes. I think he does. Now, Brian Kelly's great when he's winning. Okay, everything's good when he's winning. He's a happy guy. I mean, he's not happy. He's never happy, but. Uh, he's not doing stupid things at press conferences when he's winning. Um, he's not making stupid excuses when he's winning. Have uh, beaten, have beaten, beaten some bad teams. Um, you know, I mean, Michigan State win looks a lot better now, but Miami of Ohio, North Carolina, Temple, BC, those are all crappy teams. But you're five and one, and now you're heading into a difficult part of your schedule. Um, you got USC, then you got NC state, wake Miami, Navy, Stanford. I mean, all of these games could go either way. Navy, of course, gives him trouble. You expect them to win there, but he's got a backup quarterback. He won with him. The running game looks great. Obviously they've got some talented offensive linemen there, but I think the real key here is the difference this year is the defense. It looks more athletic. They look more, uh, physical but also they're quicker to the football and you have less guys that just look clueless out there when it comes to matching up athletically with your opponents so brian kelly definitely deserves credit is he off the hot seat is a better question
1: i i think he has to be i mean they're one point from beating georgia two points really because they lost by one and you know that georgia team looks like a national contender they go up to michigan state and whip them you know he's 5 and 1 it, he's got to be off the hot seat I, I don't think the team implodes down the stretch here although the the schedule gets much much tougher that nc state game is obviously very interesting usc is going to be very interesting uh that's in south bend uh going to miami uh stanford's not going to be an easy out so things could crumble a little bit down the stretch here if they do then back on the hot seat but for now, he's got to be off the hot seat. I, like you said, the defense is swarming. They're playing a lot more athletically. I don't know if that's a kind of a scheme difference, kind of a philosophy difference, but you know, with a new coordinator in there, that has helped tremendously. And and North Carolina is a, a bad team. They were on a hot garbage, I think, last week, and yeah, they have a garbage. lot of problems. But going in there with a uh, a backup quarterback who really has never played, and just kind of managing that game and, and comfortably winning. I thought was pretty impressive. Holding North Carolina to 10 points, I thought was a pretty big statement. And so off the hot seat, a lot of credit deserved, less fundraising. You know, Notre Dame will get their money. Believe me, Brian Kelly, you don't need to be on the road doing it as much. So 5-1, and, and and their one loss is by one point to maybe, you know, a top 3-4 team in the country.
0: Hot garbage. So um, the picks... The outright upset picks, mine was West Virginia, which came close, but again fell short, just like my Northwestern against Wisconsin the week before. Uh, David Sills is an amazing story. I will say that. I mean, I just never, ever, ever scouted that kid 50,000 times. Never saw this athleticism in him. I I will say the one funny thing about it is whenever I saw David Sills in a seven-on-seven or whatever, and someone would throw the ball back to him, he caught the ball (laughs) one-handed, He caught the ball behind his back one handed. Like <laughs> his ball skills were ridiculous, but I never thought anything of it because here's this six foot four gangly kid who just throws the ball and never really ran a lot in high school. And when he did run, didn't show any explosive speed. And now he's the best wide receiver at West Virginia. It's crazy. But <laughs> but mine was wrong. Yours was worse. Mine was them.
1: good for a while, though. It was really – it looked like it was coming together. I think it was 17-10, and people in Lincoln were going crazy, and I was getting fired up about the big upset, and then it, then it all fell
0: apart. And then Jonathan Taylor Jer- <laughs> the, from the Dirty Jers. Jersey running backs should just go to Wisconsin, period. Yeah, it's oh, just absolutely. it. I mean, every one of them goes there and turns out to be an absolute star. But 250 yards – just crushing their soul. Um, Wisconsin is Wisconsin. They need a game-managing quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. They just use those big uglies and just lean on you all game, and eventually they're going to wear you down. And that's what happened. And it, it did end up getting to be pretty one-sided at the end there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say at the half you were looking good. But, you know, my game was 7-3 to three at the half, and actually it was pretty close throughout um yours just sort of fell apart but but the one thing we said Vegas had Stanford as a five and a half point favorite
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: they didn't cover
1: they didn't cover because of a a touchdown with 44 seconds left in the game so that's what's called a backdoor cover and that's when you get really mad about that bet because you were on the right side of it you had it locked everything was good and then 44 seconds Utah puts in some cheap score
0: that's a Scott Van Pelt bad beat. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yes. That's one of his bad beats right there. But what's hilarious is that they shouldn't have been favored by five and a half points over the number 20 team in the country on the road. First of all, that was a weird line. So we're like, okay, you got to take Stanford. Uh, they went out right. Bryce Love is amazing. Um, and, and you know what Bryce Love's making me think? I'm going to say it out loud. Christian McCaffrey, maybe not as special as I think he is. Hmm.
1: Maybe both of them them are really special.
0: Mm, Chew on this a little bit, though. Bryce Love could put up better numbers than Christian McCaffrey. So maybe Christian McCaffrey, who is not doing well in the NFL right now, by the way. After five weeks of his rookie season. He's doing nothing. Well, listen. You can call bust a bust after five weeks. I I, I called Vernon Hargreaves a bust before he even played a game last year, and he stunk all last season. And then if anybody watched the Patriots game on Thursday night, Vernon Hargreaves was just being picked on, like like the like the nerdy kid who was picked last in, in gym class, in freaking gym class, or in, in in pickup football on the sandlot. He was just getting picked on like crazy. And it's so funny because Tampa Bay fans who some of them are Florida fans and some of them aren't, they're just like, this kid's hot, hot garbage. This is our number 11 pick. <laughs> we should have picked Eli Apple. And, and Eli Apple's not exactly. Yeah, him. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Lighten up the world either. But it's like, yeah, this is a guy. We could have picked Laramie Tunsell. We could have picked anybody. Um, but Bryce Love is making Christian McCaffrey look less special. That's, wh- that's all I'm saying. Uh, the, Bryce Love is a very good football player. Christian McCaffrey got demigod status because he broke Barry Sanders' record. But maybe it's the Stanford offensive scheme. Maybe it's their great offensive lineman. Maybe it's the fact that they don't have quarterbacks that can really do a lot. Um, Hogan and Christ and Burns and the 800 other quarterbacks that have started over the last few years. Maybe Christian McCaffrey's not so special.
1: Maybe it's the Pac-12 where if you you know, play UCLA and put 58 up on them <laughs> and just run up and down the field. But, I, you know, I think Christian McCaffrey was a phenomenal football player. So I'm going to lean on the Christian McCaffrey is still very special and Bryce Love is also special. And I do have to admit, I did not like him at our five-star challenge because he couldn't catch the ball. But, uh,
0: man, he is fast. I will give him this, though. He showed up at the worst RCS camp in the history of the world. You weren't at that one in Charlotte in Charlotte North Carolina it was 50 mile an hour winds mm-hmm. we had to we had to nail down every sign or else someone would have been impaled i had to send chris clark our our uh south carolina uh i didn't send him i mean he offered to go he went and got us gloves and he got hunting gloves these these camouflage hunting gloves because it was the only place close was like some deer hunting shop or something It was the coldest I've ever been in an event, and every kid there was wearing a hoodie and, like, two sweatshirts and then their (laughs) compression gear over it. And I saw Bryce Love take every rep and try as hard as he possibly could, and I saw Tavian Feaster take one rep and sit on the sideline praying for death. (laughs) Um, that doesn't mean Tavian Feaster is not a good player, (laughs) but it just shows that Bryce love had heart and, and he was a guy that, that really wanted it. And, uh, you know, he's turned out to be very good. So then we're,
1: (laughs) then we're like after this camp, uh, Oh, that kid can't catch.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and after, after the, after the, after the. The Charlotte camp, too, is like, oh, Tavian Feaster's. he's overrated, man. He, he's... Yeah. And meanwhile, Tavian Feaster's like, what am I even doing out here? Like, <laughs> right. this is, I mean, 50 mile an hour wind. <laughs> yeah. I remember our old boss was almost blown away like a tumbleweed, because he's not a very big guy, and uh, uh it's just, it was so bad. It was just the worst camp ever. So anyways, uh, that's enough of our stupid lives. So, 46 minutes, we can kill this thing. Um, we didn't get hot garbage. Is there anybody else you want to add to hot garbage? I mean, can we go, like, can I go local hot garbage? Sure. Can I go Yukon hot garbage?
1: I mean, 70 points to Memphis.
0: <laughs> 70 points. <laughs> I mean, come on. I went to Yukon for a year. A whole year of my life I spent at Yukon before I was asked to leave. And, uh... Come on. I mean 70 points and they're one and four. Who Who'd they beat? I can't even remember who they beat. Oh, they yeah. beat the they beat um Holy Cross 27 to 20, which is not it's an FCS <laughs> team and they should have lost that game too.
1: <laughs>
0: and they're so lucky the the USC USF game got canceled and I mean they're just hot hot. I mean they didn't get canceled every schedule for November 4th. That's going to be 78 to nothing. Hot garbage here in Connecticut. UConn football,
1: I'll tell you who's hot garbage, and he's about to pack his bags as Arkansas. Wow, are they bad?
0: yeah, I agree with you. He's gotta go like before it was it was inconsistent and frustrating you know that they'd win a game and then lose a game um but now it's just forty eight to twenty two is embarrassing,
1: yeah, yeah. That Cal offense is hot garbage, too. I watched that game, and you you thought they could cover the big spread against Washington, and they wow, they are bad too.
0: who was that i I missed it the, oh, there's there's a lag Cal's offense, yeah, I thought they would cover, and really all they had to do was get two touchdowns to cover, and they couldn't even do that. They stink too. I don't know. there's so many teams Yukon <laughs> is really hot garbage. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> I, I, I live I live about forty minutes from the thirty minutes from the campus. I can smell the garbage. from there. You can
1: see the smoke rising from this. Morning. I can
0: because well, actually, Rensselaer Field, as you know, you lived in Connecticut. is about twenty minutes away from me, and I can smell the garbage from there still from Friday night because it still stinks. And then from stores, Connecticut, I could smell the garbage too. And you know who's gonna? I hope he doesn't listen to this because we have a very good friend who's uh, who's a uh, higher up at UConn. Uh, he won't listen. Nobody listens. Luckily, but <laughs> hot, hot, hot garbage. And I, I you know what? I'm going to give Vanderbilt hot garbage too. We yeah. we started to believe. We started to believe, and now they're just getting thumped by everybody. I mean, they gave their only team to give up more than thirty points to that Florida hot garbage offense. They gave they, they would they lose sixty six to three. With, no, that was Ms. not. Ole Miss yeah, fifty nine nothing. I think fifty nine nothing. Yes, yeah. Alabama and, and, then, and, and now 45-14. Yeah, I mean they they stink too, but hopefully we have we have an editor that's a big Vanderbilt fan too, and you know he's going to listen every second of this, and he's going to be very upset about them. But they're hot garbage too. There's a lot of hot garbage out there. We should come up with something positive though, like a positive section. Um but that's kinda like Alabama, you know. Yeah, Alabama's
1: and, good. Georgia's good. Clemson is good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Penn State's good. What They're about good.
1: surprising teams that, that are that shouldn't have been Michigan State we already addressed?
0: NC State we already addressed.
1: NC State we already addressed.
0: Tell you, Who else is surprising? Kentucky? Teeth, can, five and one?
1: Yeah. They, they eh, Missouri yeah. had Missouri had a shot at the end zone. To win that game last night, so I wouldn't go. I wouldn't be too thrilled with that. I hear you. They're 5-1, though. so yeah. That's
0: surprising. Who else is surprising?
1: Utah 4-1. TCU nah, they just, undefeated.
0: They just lost. TCU is surprising.
1: I'll tell you the this team gonna, that's really surprising idea. is Washington yeah. State, and I'm telling you, that team is tough. I mean, I, I, yeah, Oregon had a freshman quarterback, but that defense swarms. They shut down any running game. And their offense really did not look all that great yesterday, but Washington State's defense really handled Oregon yesterday. And I'm telling you, it's going to come down to Washington and Washington State. And uh, You just
0: gave me a great idea for my column. Now I can do five surprising teams. See, that's, that's what I'm here for. I need ideas for my column. I try to dumb it down as possible, make it easy to read and all that other stuff. So that's a good one. I'm going to do that. I, I also was looking at guys that are playing better than than we expected. Yeah. You know, like like Devin Bush. Remember when we saw Devin Bush? And we were like, eh. We're enthralled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he was top one hundred. Rayqu Raquan Smith. eh, He's short, you know, kind of sawed off. I and mean, we saw these guys and we're like, eh. Um, I thought of one yesterday too, and I can't remember who the heck it was. That sucks. When things fall out of my head like that, that's old age, right? Yeah, you got to
1: write them down. That's the key. I
0: know. I need like uh, do the Howard Stern thing and have a little notebook with me everywhere I go. Yeah, and then and get my inbox to zero. You know what my inbox is now? Thirteen thousand four hundred emails in my inbox.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that would drive me nuts. I'm at eight unread, so I'm happy with that number. I'm okay there.
0: Yeah, but I don't delete anything. I have emails back to two thousand and two. Now, the good part about that is I can access anything, like old ranking meeting emails and stuff like that, where people tell me that, you know, like, Brian Cushing sucks and he should never be a four-star and stuff yeah. like that. So I, I've got all that stuff for my book. But 13400 whenever I have my computer looked at, my guy... Uh, he gets a little bit upset because that takes up a lot of stuff. But I should write these down because – oh, David Sills. David Sills was it. Mm. A four-star, right? Four-star. Remember we kept dropping him as quarterback? Yeah. Dropping yeah. him, dropping him, dropping him. You know, we almost dropped him to three. I don't think we did. There's a four-star. is playing much better than we expected. So if I could put that article together, but that takes a lot more thought than five surprising teams. I could do that in like two seconds. So yeah. I'll stick with the five surprising teams. We are now at 52, and let's end it. So Yeah, we've people well. long enough, yeah. Well, nobody's listening at this point, I and mean, we could pretty much say anything we want at this point. No one's listening, but uh, we'll send this to Dave Barry and have him put it together. And hopefully, maybe next week he could actually work. Although he'll be back midweek, so we can give him a bunch of crap about that. And and maybe you guys won't be afraid to go on the message boards and promote our podcast like you were this week, which is you know pretty pathetic actually. So,
1: all right, we're I, we're wrapping up here.
0: I just hope you get the Oklahoma board because I'm afraid to go on there this week. No, they like it's me just, there. Good. You can have the Oklahoma board because they're going to say that I, I was the reason they lost, that I played defense and I was this in the secondary and all that stuff. So I'm going to hit stop recording and then we're done. Bye.